Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider Big Time Mike McGiver. Once again, welcome in to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Don Wachillis sitting in for the vacationing Mike McGivern, joined in studio by WFCA Hall of Fame coach and current now coach at Milwaukee's Bradley Tech, Tom Swiddle, also joined by the aforementioned semi-retired Mike Bartholomew out of Oak sounds, Creek that High School. That sounds good to me. Does that sound yeah, good? that sounds really Well, good. congratulations on reaching that point. I've never point. seen you so calm, Bart, I have to tell you. Is it, yeah. Isn't it something when, when people get to that point? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not only on my side here, a little envious. Oh, yeah. I, I, I right. got to admit, a little bit envious, but congratulations on uh, on getting to that point. Well-deserved when, when you put that kind of time, effort, and energy into your profession. Let's jump right to the great Midwest Bank hotline, now joined by the head coach from Onalaska High School out on the western part of the state of Wisconsin. It's Tom Yashinsky. Coach, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? We are doing great. Appreciate you taking some time to join us. And coach, thank you for for having me. Yeah, well, and and thank you for stepping in on kind of short notice for Tony Biolo. He's he sounds like he's on his uh, hog right now, riding across the country (laughs) with his wife behind him. I'm sure enjoying uh, enjoying life. So we we appreciate you uh, being on and and talking a little about about the uh, North Large um, football team. Now, you are the offensive coordinator for the North team, correct? That is correct. And do you have a son that's in the game? No, no. We have a player. Uh, a player. A long way before high schoolers. But uh, my quarterback, Noah Skifton, from Alaska, um, obviously graduated. He's going to Minnesota Duluth next year, and he'll be playing wide receiver there. But I'm bringing him uh, to the game, and then – our manager, who's going to be a senior, his name is Carson Solander. Uh, he's going to come along too and help out as a manager. Very cool. Well, I and yeah, you have no idea um, how important uh, that manager role is until you need one at something like the All Star Game. I brought my two managers from Brookfield East with me when I coached back in 2016. And uh, it made a world of difference. And I have to tell you, every player on the team said to me, my God, those are the best managers I've ever been around, <laughs> which is why they were all-star managers. But, Coach, talk a little bit about the other coaches on the North staff. Uh, who are some of the guys you've been working with? So we have um, Keith, uh, Keith Badger from New Richmond uh, and Mike Sins from Oakland Memorial, Mark Cromer. I, I always I – always, mess up his last name, Clum Recker, Clum Recker, um, who was a rib like tennis but just took the Appleton, I want to say it's Appleton East job. Um, obviously, Tony Biolo, 
Uh, and then the defensive staff, um, Len, Len, uh, a lot of first names here. I know Len from, from Marshfield. He's a deep boot key from Marshfield. Um, and then Hartland Arrowhead's defense, uh, not Hartland Arrowhead, Hartland, uh, Hartford, Hartford Union's defensive coordinator is on staff with us as well. Um, I might have missed a guy, but a lot of different faces. And, and we haven't met, you know, I know some people for the All-Star game, they meet a ton. Um, we've been pretty cognizant of each other's own teams and, and family life, and we, we've met separately a little bit, um, and, and we've met at the clinic as a full staff. But other than that, you know, a lot of the work's been done on the outside, and, and we'll take care of it the week of as well. Coach, I want to ask you a question about specifically, as you mentioned, the array of coaches that are filling out that all-star staff and, and yourself being at on Alaska. When we look at college football, you know, you talk about the the Big Ten has a style of football and the SEC has a style of football. Do you find that throughout the state, the different conferences have a specific style in which they operate in? Or are you guys, when you come together, finding that you guys, there's more similarities than differences when you sit down as a staff? I think there definitely are different styles. And I think one of the the things that dictates that is the size of the conference. Um, I think that the bigger the conference, the more you see, um, you know, the spread offense and the guys utilizing um, the different athletes in different ways. And I feel like the smaller the conference, typically the more you see power run games and just some different philosophies on running the ball. Um, And then defensively too, the the bigger the conference, I think the more diverse the defenses are and the smaller the conference, the the, uh, more, the, the defenses don't tend to not change a ton um, throughout the season and throughout a game plan. Coach, uh, you know, you're talking about style of play. What, what kind of style of offense are, are you planning on running in the all-star game? We're going to be a spread. Uh, we, we run spread on Alaska. Um, and I feel for an all-star game when, when you have just the, the caliber of athletes that you have everywhere. Um, and, you know, it's what I understand to coach and what I know. Uh, it's, it's just the easiest way to get, the most guys into a game plan um, and it, it fits what we have on the roster. We don't have, we have one tight end on our roster uh, and, and he's not really a true tight end. He's more of a H back type guy. Um, we don't really have a true fullback on our roster. Um, so we're not going to line up and try to try to pound people with, with fullbacks and tight ends. Like you see some people do. Uh, we just don't have a roster that's built for that. So I think in an all-star game, you take, you take the kids and you put them in space and, and you make, make kids tackle kids one-on-one in space. And that's what we do it on Alaska. And we're going to do that in the all-star game too. We talked to Ron Grovestein earlier in the show and I, I tried to bait him by saying, <laughs> you know, coach, uh, the North hasn't won in a while. And uh, has that put any extra pressure or something along those lines for you and your staff? And he didn't even bite, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I've coached, I've been a head coach in the game twice for the South. And, and, you know, I've said to my teams that I've coached is, you know, I, I think there's just sort of an expectation that the South's going to win, you know, like there's, it's just kind of viewed that way. I, I you know, and, and if you look in recent years, the, the South has kind of, you know, has dominated wins, win-wise anyway in the All-Star game. And I've always said, you know, for the North, it's kind of like a crusade for them. I mean, they re- they're they yep. taking it really serious. They want to win very badly, understand what you're getting involved in here. Um, what what kind of message have you given uh, your players, your team, as you prepare to play the South in this game? 
you know, we only talked to him that, that first time at the, you know, as a whole group um, at the, in Mosin when we met as a team. But we talked about that a little bit, about how the North hasn't won in a long time. But uh, we, we also told them that they were chosen for a reason, and it's because they're the best, you know, the best of the best of the kids that we, could, that we had to choose from. Um, and we had the expectation of, of, of playing a great game and putting kids in position that, that we can be the first team to win. I know the last time the, the North won, it's been, I don't, I don't even know the years, but it's been. I think it might have been 2012, years. maybe. I don't even know myself. I'd have to look, um, but it's been a few years. It, it's been a while. So, yeah. um, but, you know, and, and I haven't scouted their roster, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we're up against. And then you always have the, the shuffling of rosters as kids. Um, drop out. I think anybody that's coached understands that aspect of the roster you get in February is not the roster that you end up with in in July. Um, so we haven't looked at their roster much, but uh, you know it's 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 a fun. The kids are competitive. That's why they're here. Right. So and and the, the biggest part about the game is you're doing it for the Children's Hospital, and that's that's the real winner in all of this. But you still want to go out there and play a great game and and, and do everything you can to win at the end of the night. Tom, thank you so much for taking a few minutes this morning to join us here on our high school football coaches show. Best wishes for the uh, all-star matchup and as well as the upcoming season. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. That's luck, Tom Yashinsky from Onalaska High School over on the other end of the state joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Corey Rickert the head coach at Oakfield High School. We're going to talk once again a little eight-man football after the break. You're listening to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome in to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Don Wachillis filling in again for the vacationing Mike McGivern, joined in studio by the Hall of Famer and current head coach at Milwaukee Bradley Tech, Tom Swiddle, and the semi-retired head coach from Oak Creek High School, Mark Bartholomew. I just said Mark, Mike Bartholomew. It's getting towards He's the end of the show. He's been called worse. Where's oh, the Diet have. Pepsi at? Let's get some caffeine <laughs> in this joint. Now joined on the great Midwest Bank hotline. Talk a little bit of eight-man football once again. It's Corey Rickard from Oakfield High School. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, we appreciate you taking some time on this Saturday. Corey, uh, we've been talking about, obviously, the All-Star Games this morning and and it's really how unique when we talked to uh, Ryan Humpel from Luck about uh, the the um, North eight-man team, but just the uniqueness of, of eight-man football. How long have you been playing eight-man eight football at uh, Oakfield? Uh, we've been playing for five years. Okay. Uh, we ju- yeah, just finished our, our fifth year. And you're right, really, it's really unique but uh um once you've been in it for a while it, it it's it's uh it's pretty fantastic it's a lot of a lot of fun to be around i'm i'm just so glad the wfca has decided to include eight-man football with the all-star games because of you know certainly there's a large number of schools that are playing eight-man football now in the state and it's it is different and uh you know when I've talked to the fans or people that have watched Eight Man, and you know they they recognize it's it's unique and different, but it's it's football and they enjoy that style. Um, 
But with the high scores that are typically in those games, it must be hard to keep defensive coordinators around. Well, I, I'm, I'm lucky that way because uh, I am the defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's your so, answer. So I'm not ready to fire myself quite yet. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, we, uh, two years ago we were playing uh, Abundant Life um, at home, and we had a four-hour game. And it was oh, 80, 80, to 70, 80 to seventy-two. Both teams still both scored eleven touchdowns each, but uh, we uh, yeah we didn't we didn't quite do our two-point conversions. But but I'll tell you that was uh, two seasons ago, and uh, almost every referee that does our game brings that up. Ah. <laughs> and and you guys did hit the over on that game, I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think the over was actually 200. So we, we, quite, we just just missed it a little bit. Coach, once but, again, you uh, got to save that for the podcast, okay? Yes. <laughs> hey, Coach, quick question for you: For those of us in the area who aren't maybe as familiar with eight man football as some some other places within the state, are there any added challenges to trying to get some of your kids or have the college level recruits come in and take a peek because it is eight man football. Does it create any sort of obstacle in that regard with regards to your program? Um, I think being in a small school, you're going to, you're going to have a difficult time getting, getting or um, college recruiters looking at you um, completely seriously. Um, But uh, uh, I would say, oddly enough, no, I think actually it's helped us quite a bit. It's helped us lately. Because it's put us in our own different position. Um, I have been fortunate to have some pretty good players lately. Uh, so the last couple of years, I've, I've been I've gotten more recruiters um, calling, you know, calling, talking about guys uh, than I had in the past. But um, I actually feel like it's it's um, if it's if it's not at least the same, it's slightly yeah, it is slightly better because we're in we're not buried with with all the other. Um, all the other 11-man teams were kind of individual, and um, there there are some uh, few years of Gabe Lloyd from uh, Green Bay NEW. Right. Um, he he walked on it or preferred walk on at Wisconsin. So um, there are some some guys that are, are starting to make the highlights. So I think that's actually helping us quite a bit um, because uh, there was a and, and right, right now I'm forgetting who he is, but there was an eight-man player that was just drafted in the NFL. So. Um, I think those things are helping us uh, getting a little more attention. Um, I, and I, I think it does help us that, that we're, instead of being buried, because most of, us, most of the teams that are, are in 8-man now, um, we struggled in 11-man. We struggled at getting players to come. We, we struggled at getting teams, you know, winning teams. And it just put us all in a, on, a, on an even keel with, with other schools. So I think that's, that's what it did. It just made you – know, gave us a, a little different spotlight. Coach, I want to just – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just want to follow up on that real nope. quick. Do you think some of the success that you just spoke of with regards to recruiting also happens to be with – we were talking a little bit about this during the break, how more teams now have gone to a spread-type offense and the fact that obviously when you just read out the score before, it's a, it's a very offensive-minded type of football with the eight-man uh, system that is in place does that have a little bit to do with what's going on as far as people coming in now and grabbing some of those players for the next level uh, i i think that does help you um it's really interesting though in eight man you don't see the spread quite as as much um uh, in the south where where we're getting most of our guys we do have a lot of or we're getting all of our for our for our team here 
Um, we do see a lot more spread, but um, like in the, the north, uh, those teams do more of a, a round, uh, a run them and pound them kind of guy or kind of play. So, um, so yes and no. I think the spread does help a little bit, but um, but each team is is just so individual. You know, and which is no different than in eleven men. You just you pretty much try to to fit whatever the guys you had. I well, was yeah. This year, oh, yeah. I'm I, sorry I, to interrupt. I, I, okay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say last year, and I think it was last year, if not last year, the year before the the North eight man team. I've never seen a bigger team in my oh life. My I mean, goodness, even yes. the quarterback was. I mean, he was like six oh two, two hundred and fifty pounds, and they just lined up foot to foot, yeah, and boy, they did they go at it. it. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been fortunate. I, I've been assistant on that team the last few years, and yes, that was that was my defense that was getting pounded by by an almost almost three hundred pound man. Yeah, <laughs> um, they could, last year they had actually yeah their quarterback was just about the same size as their lineman, but the year before they had two three hundred pounders, um, and that you know they're just they're just offensive linemen. They 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 feed them really well up there. <laughs> <laughs> They they are big and strong, and uh, we had some we had some really good defensive linemen last year, and uh, they threw us around like uh, like ragdolls. Man, coach, we we only have a couple minutes left. Highlight your team for us, if you could, just a couple coaches, the coaching staff, I should say, and maybe a couple players to to just sort of highlight. We've got about a minute and a half. Okay, well, we have um, we don't have quite a big. Coaching staff. I heard you guys talking to other teams, and they have their linebackers. Well, now we have offense and defense. So I have Brian Peterson from Oneida Nation, Grant Rust, and uh, Dave Lindbeck. They're from Wasaki, and then Dale Lang is from Lena St. Thomas. Um, Brian Peterson is going to be my offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, he's got a lot, lots of plans um, to throw throw the ball around. We have we have some uh, we have really great options. Um, we have the leading rusher in the state, I believe. Uh, machine Wakoff from um, from Menominee, Indian. He had over 1,900 yards rushing, uh, and then we had uh, a couple of my players. We have um, uh, Eric Jacob throws the ball really well and got some receivers. Uh, Ethan Tap, but some of you guys probably heard of Brandon Williams last year at the combine, WSCA combine. He ran a 4.38. Uh, that that got some eyes. That got some um college coaches to watch him uh run the 40 so um we're gonna wow. be it's, it's gonna be interesting we have some uh we have a bunch of uh, i think we have a lot of talent um and, I, and i'm hoping for a, a a little bit of nastiness and we'll see if we can we can take them you guys are talking to the uh, i was listening in the, the last coach you had um south is never south eight man has never won this game so, um, well, now that, that's your crusade, right? That a, yeah, a boy. Yeah, that's my crusade. Yeah, <laughs> when, when, we, when we met in, in, we met in, in um, March, yeah, we talked about, I talked about all the good things and, and how they're helping, helping kids and children in Costco, but we also talked about the fact that uh, we've never won. Yeah. And, uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice to change that. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for taking a minute to join us this morning. Much appreciated. Best wishes, yeah, best wishes with the All Star game and the upcoming season. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, right. Coach. That was Corey Rickert from Oakfield High School. Tom, I, I have to say, when you put together the guest list for today and when we talked with Ryan Humpel earlier and now Corey Rickert, I, 
the whole idea of eight-man football, at least for many, and I would include myself in that because obviously the question when I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of eight-man football, almost like arena football, yeah. spread it out and just go, especially when he alluded to that 80-72 to 72 score. But then to talk about how you can tighten things up, pound yep. the football, the 300-pounders that were in the All-Star right. game last year, that, that was just – Great information listening to those guys because sure. it's not something that I think a lot of people necessarily in the adjacent area here are really familiar with. Well, they're no different than anyone else. You know, I've, right. I've talked offensive football with with Bart here for many years, yeah. and I just know all the different things you've done offensively. From you know, you're a spread guy now, and yeah. you know, used to be a split back veer, and yeah. I mean, all the different things you've done. I, I've been the same. You kind of. You know, you, you fit your personnel right. to, to, you know, a certain style of play. And, and you know, again, because I've got that experience and, and Bart has that experience, we're not afraid to tinker or change, whereas some guys are just totally married to a system and, yep. you know, are going to make it work whether or not they have the guys to do it. You well, know, and I think it's brought just, just in this show today a little bit of appreciation to what the eight-man game is. Right. And I think – Good uh, players are good players at in any level. Right, and it, yeah. and it's just a matter of sometimes where your location is, how many yeah. kids you have in a school, and how you make the program successful and what you then have to evolve into. we got to step aside, take another break. We have been able to effort Jeff Spivak, who is going to join us earlier in the show. We're going to talk to him next. He is the head coach at Clinton High School, and we'll take care of that. Once we get back from the break, you're taking and listening to. Where are we taking this? I don't know. Where's that Diet Pepsi again? You're listening to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Don Wachillis sitting in for Mike McGivern today, joined as always on this show by the WFCA Hall of Famer and current head coach at Milwaukee Tech, Tom Swiddle. Also in studio is the semi-retired former head coach at Oak Creek High School, Mike Bartholomew. Now we jump right to the great Midwest Bank hotline. I think we've got everything situated. And we are joined by the head coach at Clinton High School. It's Jeff Spivak. Coach, how you doing? Hey, not too bad. How you doing today? Now that we got everything situated, great to have you on the show this morning. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be on. Jeff, I, I, I take total blame for our miscommunication. <laughs> and, of course, you know we're only as good as the person who puts everything down on paper. And I guess I wasn't very good at it because I, I had one number wrong in your um, in your uh, phone number, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you you were able to connect with me during the show, and, and we're really excited to have you on. And you know, we've been talking with all the All Star coaches today, and and boy, we're hearing so many stories about uh, you know how they've put their team together and and the fundraising and so on. And I'm, I'm just curious, coach, you know how your experience has been since uh, you were named coach back in November. No, you know, it's been a lot of fun, you know, to be honest with you. And you know, I had the pleasure of being an assistant a few years back. Uh, you were an assistant, I think, back then, or maybe the head coach. Uh, oh, yeah. And two, yes, ago. I remember. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We so spent a lot of time in that one air-conditioned room yes, that we in had dorm. in our dorm, if I remember correctly, <laughs> Coach. Absolutely, absolutely. So, 
no, it's been a great experience. Um, I was really lucky to to be able to put together a great staff, and um, you know, I got I got a bunch of men that I trust and that are going to do a, they're going to do a great job uh, evaluating kids and putting together a great team, and we couldn't be more happy with. Um, the group of coaches and the group of kids that we have coming up for uh, for the game. Mike Bartholomew is with us, and and, and uh, Bart was the head coach last year for the South Large and has been an assistant three times in the game. And he talked about how he chose his team. What were some of the challenges you had to choose uh, the players for, for this year's game? Well, you know, you just want to get it right. You know, you have a huge, you know, huge number of kids that you got to evaluate and um, you know, our staff spent a lot of time uh, breaking down tape, uh, calling coaches that, that we knew and trusted it to try to get a great read on all the kids. And, you know, that is a, it's kind of stressful, to be honest with you, because you want to put, put the best players on that team and you want to put a great team together. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's different. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's time-consuming. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, like I said, we're really happy with uh, the, the players that we have selected on the team this year. Coach, did you come in with a, an offensive philosophy and decided to select players that might fit that philosophy the best, or did you truly take a look at you know who are the best players and you know maybe we'll use different packages for for different different players? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, we wanted um, we looked at that comprehensively as a staff. We met a few times uh, throughout the process of selecting the team. You know, we wanted to fit the strengths of our coaches with the strengths of the kids we select. And, you know, that's kind of an art that's not really a science. It's, it's just feeling out, the, you know, what, for me, I've always been a big advocate for coaches got to coach what they know. So if we're going to select coaches, then we've got to select kids that are going to fit the systems um, that we can coach well, too. So you know, my best answer to that is it was an art. It was kind of touch and go for a while. And you just try to piece it together and hope it's, it's the best combination that we can find. Did you, Coach, did you let your staff by position select and rate their kids before you met? Um, yeah, I did. I did. And, and like I said, I'm a huge advocate for uh, being around quality men that I can trust. You know, and I, I fully trust my staff to have evaluate the kids effectively and um, fairly. So, um, yeah, we did do that. And then, you know, then we sat down together uh, kind of with their ratings and tried to piece together the best team we could. Those are fun conversations because you look at that roster and you're like, wow, I wish I could have had that kid. I wish I could have had that kid. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, our our roster, uh, if you look, especially like our office skill guys, um, it's truly impressive. Like, um, I don't know what we are. We are excited to just to get our hands on these kids for a week and see what we can do. And, um, you know, it could be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun. Coach, talk a little bit about uh, your players and who are some of the you know, the young men that, that have been selected that you think are really going to stand out in this game? Well, you know, my experience from a few years back was that, you know, running the football is a difficulty. Um, but we have three really, really great running backs. And uh, Zach Krause, the kid from uh, Clinton, um, Evan Gates from Lancaster, and then uh, Jacob Hayroth from Lodi, who, you know, is walking out of Wisconsin now. So I think, you know, those three guys um, are phenomenal runners. You know, and we want to find a way to get the ball in their hands a little bit. You know, on the other hand, too, we, I think we have, you know, like three top ten uh, receivers, you know, on, on top of that. So um, the challenge will be, again, I want to get everybody their touches. I want to get everybody in a position where they can be successful and have a great time and have make great memories and, and make plays. So, um, you know, from the running back position, too, that's, pretty, that's a pretty sad group of kids right there that we hope we can uh, get the ball in their hands and they can do something special. 
What are you looking at to do defensively? What's going to be your your base defense? What are some of the kids you want to yeah, highlight yeah. in that scheme? Well, yeah. So Corey Mills from Blackhawk is you know installing his uh, three four, which we ran in Clinton. Um, you know, just as a whole, you know, we we ran a three four because of the depth of linebacker we had. And you know, if there's one thing that's that's unfortunate, you know, sometimes you are. Um, you're kind of stuck by position where, you know, especially like linebacker at the high school level, that's a lot of really good football players being linebackers. And running that three four allowed us to select some more linebackers uh, from a really deep pool um, and allow those guys to run and make plays. So um, just as a whole, that linebacking crew on the defensive side is, is really, really deep and really tough. So I'm excited to watch them play. Coach, as you have have you know completed now, um, really the fundraising aspect of it, and uh, I know like you know as when I coached in the game twice, and and you know the, the fundraising is really important, and you know we are partnering with Children's Hospital, but you find yourself you know trying to motivate players to, to do that, and and uh, how is your fundraising going, or how you know, did it I, go? I was, you know if. if... Our fundraising is a reflection of the quality of, of men that we have, uh, you know, for the game. We're in a really good shape because I took great pride in the fact that our team, the South Small, was the only team to have every player meet their meet their fundraising goal by the deadline. Oh, congratulations! That's, and that's... If you, and you, you guys have been in the game before. You know how difficult that is sometimes. Yes. And um, so I was really proud of the kids right there. I mean, and that's a reflection of the character of the the kids that we selected. And you know, again, I put the onus on position coaches to be like. Hey, you know, make sure your kids are getting their fundraising done, and they stepped up and did the job too. So, well, congratulations! And, you, know, and you guys know this. Yeah, yeah, it's really great, and that's, you know that's what it's about overall, right? It's about uh, the children's hospital. It's about helping those kids, and you know we're the fortunate ones that get to participate in the game. But there's a much larger purpose to uh, to the event, you know, and that's and that's for those kids at the children's hospital. Hey, coach, congratulations first of all on the fundraising efforts and your selection to coach in this all-star game. We wish you uh, best wishes for the upcoming event and for your season out there at Clinton High School. You bet. I appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Time for us to step aside, take a break. When we come back, it'll be Tom Swiddle, Mike Bartholomew, and myself. And, Mitch, we might have to put a hockey stick in the door and see if we can't extend (laughs) this because I got a thousand questions I would have run past these guys here, and we've only got a short time left remaining in today's show, and we'll get to it right after this break. You're listening to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development right here on The Fan. Once again, one final time, welcome in to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Don Wachillis once again sitting in for the vacationing Mike McGivern, the Hall of Famer, Tom Swiddle, now the current head coach at Milwaukee's Bradley Tech and the aforementioned semi-retired head coach at Oak Creek High School, Mike Bartholomew, joining us. Guys, I wish... During the breaks, we were taping some of that this uh, this podcast I've been alluding to. We need to get one going here because the conversations have been outstanding during the break. But one thing I want to ask you, and Bart, I'm going to start with you. And you were talking about uh, earlier as far as rating players and the coaches submitting for the All-Star game. How many of those players end up playing out of position 
You know, you only have so many running backs, so many linemen, how many guys get moved from offense to defense. Not necessarily completely out of position, but maybe their strong set coming in was playing offensive tackle and you've got to move them to the defensive side of the ball. Because I'm sure one of the things you guys are trying to create is an experience for the players, something that is memorable. You can't, you know, have three, let's say, or four offensive tackles and trying to abide for time. you got to move some guys around so they have the experience of that All-Star game. Well, you know, I, I think most of them, at least in the big, for the big schools, uh, most of these kids in a Division One program are going to be a one-way guy. That 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 most most schools platoon now, and even in the Division Two level, uh, maybe not so much in Division Three. So we're and it, so we we did have some two-way guys, um, but and then we would call their coach. What do you think they're better at? And we would. And obviously, I mean, my philosophy was to put those better kids on defense, um, particularly um, from a speed factor, um, because if we can play defense, you can win the game. You know, because that the the bottom line is that we're all competitors here, and we want to win the game. You know, nobody wants to coach this game, right? And particularly from the head coach in the South, that's the first guy that to lose in the last seven or eight years. You know, and we did have those discussions, um, but I, you know, and w- with running backs, like uh, I think that was. Jeff talking about the the quality running backs. There's hey, there's a thousand ways to get running backs the ball. You know, bubble screens. Um, you can just pitch it to them, get them on the ball on the outside. Because I think it's tough to run the ball inside in this game unless you have Sam Santiago Lloyd. Just let him pound it away like we did last year. But um, you know, I, I did that I, a few times with yeah, that young I, man. I, that was a pretty good, darn good idea. Too. That's good coaching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give him the ball and get out of the way. And you know, so I, I think the kids end up. You know, we didn't have one issue with a kid complaining about position-wise. You know, because yeah. I think if you communicate that, if you over-communicate, I think you're always in good shape. You know, one of the things I learned from my first experience in 2007 coaching the South with comparing it to 2016 when I did it again, um, you know, in 2007, and, you know, everybody who's coaching the All-Star game knows this, you know, you pick a roster – and then things happen. Kids drop out of the game. Sometimes, you know, a kid, you know, is going to go to like Northern Illinois and, oh, I can play, I can play. And then, you know, push comes to shove and all of a sudden they can't play anymore or whatever. You know, so there's these Division One guys, um, they, they often drop out of the game. And in 2007, um, I probably made a, a mistake in, in how we approached replacing those guys. So let's say that I lost a, a defensive lineman. What we did then, kind of with my urging, hey, let's pick the next best player regardless of position. You know, it's not, okay, do we have to replace a defensive end with a defensive end? We got this running back that's pretty good. But the mistake, Don, was that all of a sudden I had a lot of running backs. And you're thinking, like, we got to have kids that can run on special teams, you know, and and things like that. I mean, you're you're taking kind of that view of things. Mm -hmm. And then what Bart said, you know, comes into play, or what you brought up, you know, is getting guys playing time. So, you know, in 2007, we're a one-backs team. You know, not a lot of guys got to carry the ball very much. And, you know, it. You know, I learned from that experience. And then going into 2016, I had kind of a different philosophy based on what I learned in 2007. And that, yeah, if we're going to lose an offensive lineman, I'm going to replace them with an offensive lineman. Let me get uh, whoever wants to start on this one, jump in. Your take on this idea that the Division One colleges are stepping in and saying, eh, 
you're not playing in this one because we can't risk. And we see that a lot nowadays at, at various at various sporting events, regardless of the level where right. the next level is stepping in and saying, you know, we're, we're, we're going to ask you to step out. We're going to ask you to hold because we want to make sure you're showing up for us coming into camp healthy. And yet what it does in essence is kind of take that experience away because you really don't know what's going to happen at the next level. The kid could all of a sudden make it and become a star and move to the right. next level. Or he could just be a really right. good player who exists on that team for four years, and now you've taken away what could be a very memorable experience. I guess I'm just yeah. curious to see how you would take on that. Well, you know, it happened to me several times in both, you know, both years that I did it, and, and I mentioned earlier today. I mean, I got a phone call in 2007, a week before the players were going to report to camp from JJ Watt, who said, "I've coach, I've decided not to play in the game." Because at that time he was a tight end at was it Central Michigan mm-hmm. I believe Central. and it's like I got a chance to start a tight end this year, mm-hmm. you know as a freshman I was like JJ best of luck you know, um, but you know the rules have changed and I'm I'm not trying to defend you know the college programs the Division one programs but you know now they have I don't know what it is Bart is it eight hours a week that they can work with their players during the summer during the summer they yeah. didn't used to have that yeah. I mean they the players were really on their own and you know they gave them things to work on and so on but they they didn't have that on-field instruction that they can have now so now the push is you you're on campus you're taking summer school that kicks in your scholarship and you know you don't pay for anything anymore because you're on yep. scholarship right and we can work with you. Yep. And the problem is now the Division One kids are all taking classes in the summer. So it becomes like, can you take a week off of your classes yeah. and do that? So it's, you know, I understand where they're coming from yeah. a little bit. And, and No, and I'm the same way. I, when I was an assistant, I remember when we did the initial selection of offensive linemen, I had five Divi- Division One kids. And then we got to the game, I had zero. Yeah. You know, but, hey, here's the deal. Division One football, as all Division One sports, are, is such a moneymaker. It's a business. So they've got – and, again, they're under – they have, I mean, because they're in school, so they get them to take six credits over the summer so they're ahead so they can have more time with them throughout the year. Yeah. You know, and, again, I'm like, Tom, I'm not defending it, but – I certainly uh, – there's an understanding it. of it. Guys, they, they wouldn't let me put the hockey stick in, and it's time for us with the music in the background to get up out of here. Mitch Ross, thank you so much Thanks, Mitch. for doing Thanks, what Mitch. you do behind the desk there. For the Hall of Famer, Tom Swiddle, Mike Bartholomew, good luck on the on the move in this so-called semi-retirement. Thank you for coming in today. <laughs> Mike McGivern, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to step in once again. This is Don Wachillis. You've been listening to – The Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.